Well, hello. Welcome back to Habit Helps, a podcast of Creekside Community Church in San Leandro, California, where we talk about how habits build you and about how you can build better habits. My name is Jeff. I'm one of the pastors here. I'm joined by John. He's a pastor here. He's my dad. Dad, how you doing? I'm doing good. Doing good. The last time I talked, Dad, I asked you if the Warriors had a prayer, and you said, well, they have a prayer. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> that prayer was answered. It was. Actually, I don't know. I don't I don't have any strong convictions on on answered prayer related to sports. But um <laughs> but man, they came back. They did. They really came back. Yeah. They came back. Now the question is, can they raise their game even more? Can all of them play? <laughs> oh man. You, you know, I'll, I'll just say it for the record before we talk about what we're gonna talk about, because <laughs> <laughs> really, I would. I, I just want to do a sports po- yeah. podcast at some level, but <laughs> I, I just I ask you, listeners, what player six three or under is better than Steph Curry ever? Yeah, yeah. There is no one. Yeah. There is no one, and I feel like we should evaluate um, basketball players the same way we evaluate boxers, pound for pound. That's right. And so, pound for pound, is there a better player, better offensive player than Steph? Um, anyway, I'll leave you with that, <laughs> listeners, to think about. And we'll close in prayer with that. Yeah. Uh, no, today we're going to start a brand new series uh, from the book of Proverbs entitled Smart People, What Proverbs Teaches About Building Habits. You, We've done a number of series throughout the years on the book of Proverbs. Uh, we love the book of Proverbs. We do. We I do. mean, I would say between you and me, uh, we've read Proverbs more than any book in the Bible. Probably. I've spent more time there. You've spent yeah. more time there. Yeah. Uh, so, uh, and, and because it's so practical, it's so helpful on a day-to-day basis. Uh, I love what Derek Kidner says about Proverbs in his commentary. Uh, There are details of character small enough to escape the mesh of the law and the broadsides of the prophets, Mm. and yet decisive in personal dealings. Wisdom's function is to put godliness into working clothes, to name business and society as spheres in which we are to acquit ourselves with credit to our Lord, and in which we are to look for His training. Yeah, yeah, that's good. Now, the, the wisdom of Proverbs is not the wisdom of the academy. It is, it is street wisdom. It is just practical skill in living, how to live life at the most basic level. And, uh, and I love it for that reason. Me too. And it, it puts the fear of the Lord into working clothes. Yes. Now, taking God seriously in every realm of life, uh, what it, how it fleshes out practically, but what is helpful for that when it comes to habits is that it gives us sort of a blueprint for the kinds of habits we should be building. Right, right, exactly. No, that's good. And I think the one we'll start with today is, is the most fundamental habit um, in terms of becoming wise, and, and that is just uh, being a lifetime learner. So let's talk more about that. According to the book of Proverbs, smart people are lifelong learners. Right. Dad, I want to be a lifelong learner. So I'm going to learn about it right now. Okay. Teach me what Proverbs says about being a lifelong learner. Well, I think just, first of all, that nobody is born wise. Wisdom is something you must acquire, and uh, that requires effort. And anything that can be acquired can also be lost. Hmm. And so it's not just acquiring wisdom like you get a, a degree and then move on to something else, but it is a lifelong pursuit. In fact, uh, I was reading this morning, Proverbs says that he who ceases to listen to wisdom will stray from the words of knowledge. And so it's got to be an ongoing diet all your life, or you will lose what you have. 
Um, and so I, that's why I think it's so fundamental to, to be wise. You have to be committed to the attainment of wisdom throughout your life. And if you, if you don't start with that habit, you might as well forget about the rest of them because you're not going to get them. This, there's got to be an orientation toward wisdom. Yeah, and I think that goes along with an idea in Proverbs that the beginning of wisdom is admitting you need wisdom. Yeah, yeah, that exactly. Conversely, the most hopeless person is the person wise in their own eyes. Yes. Proverbs yes. would say. Yeah. There's more hope for a fool yeah. than for someone who's wise in their own eyes. Yeah. And so that idea of arrival, the idea of I've figured this out, uh, I am the one with the knowledge to impart to people, is, uh, is, is just... Um, it, it, it's a hopeless condition to yeah, be in. Yeah, yeah. I, I really like Proverbs 26, which goes through a long list of all the mistakes fools made and just how bad it is to be a fool. And then, But then it follows with, you see a man wise in his own eyes, there's more hope for that fool than for him. Right. Yeah. It's a, it's a great turn of phrase because yeah. you read through this list of fools and you go, yeah, they are idiots, aren't they? <laughs> well, I will never be like them. I'm just, I'm glad I'm wise. And, yeah. and it just gets you with, oh, do you think you're wise? Well, there's more hope for these people than you. And, exactly. Uh, exactly. Good. Yeah. So increasing learning, essentially starting with, I'm not wise. I'm not born wise. I need to be continually flexing this muscle to increase in learning. Um, how does that relate, though, to the central theme of Proverbs, which is the fear of the Lord. Right. Uh, the fear of the Lord, taking God seriously, living with a awe and reverence of God, that is the beginning of wisdom, that's the starting point. How does being a lifelong learner relate to taking God seriously and, and living in the world, living wisely in the world that he has created? Yeah. Well, let me read from Proverbs 4, because I think that really brings it out. I'm going to read a, a lengthy section here, but then focus on one verse. Hear, O sons, the instruction of a father, and give attention that you may gain understanding. For I give you sound teaching. Do not abandon my instruction. When I was a son to my father, tender and the only son in the sight of my mother, then he taught me and said to me, Let your heart hold fast my words. Keep my commandments and live. Acquire wisdom. Acquire understanding. Do not forget nor turn away from the words of my mouth. Do not forsake her, and she will guard you. Love her, and she will watch over you. So he's. It, this is like the first nine proverbs are all about how great wisdom is, and and it, it is well worth your time. But then he says the beginning of wisdom is acquire wisdom, hmm. and so I th I think that th that goes. If you fear the Lord, you will acquire wisdom. Yeah. You that will be your object in life. And I I, I was reading the other day a, an old story about Socrates and. And Socrates, the famous philosopher of Greece, and uh, young nobleman kept pestering him to be his uh, to, to be his teacher. He says, "He says, oh Socrates, I I want wisdom." And, and Socrates just ignored him. And this went on for days. And this guy would show up at Socrates's house every day, and he would beg Socrates to teach him wisdom. So finally, one day, Socrates took him down to the sea, and he and they went out in the sea together. They walked out, and Socrates put his head underwater. And they light him up. He says, what do you want? He says, oh, Socrates, I want wisdom. So he puts him down again. He holds him down for a little longer, and he comes up sputtering. He says, what do you want? He says, I want wisdom. He doesn't want And he really holds him down for a long time. And finally, the man comes up and says, I want air. And, and Socrates says, when you want wisdom like you want air, you'll become wise. And I think that's, that's really getting to it, that it, this is not just a, 
a, a, a fun pastime, but it's got to be your life, that I want to gain God's wisdom. I want to see things as God sees them. I want to act as God acts. That's the only way. It's that um, seeing that wisdom is a continual pursuit. Yeah. My takeaway from that story is uh, Socrates is a real jerk. (laughs) But to affirm the other point (laughs) that that you're making here, um, I think it's, it's good that 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 sense of how desperately we need it, yeah. And, and maybe to put a frame around this idea, God reveals Himself to us through the Book of Scripture mm-hmm. and through the Book of Nature, mm-hmm. and and that's a theme in Proverbs. You see it in Proverbs eight that yeah. wisdom is something God created the world through wisdom, and in a sense. The, the principles of wisdom are woven through the fabric of creation. Just as there are natural laws, there's moral laws, there's cause and effect, there are things we can discern that anyone can discern. Yes. And, and that's part of the goodness of God's creation, that we just see patterns of cause and effect that lead to a wise way right. of living. Right. And I think Christians can get so focused on the book of Scripture that we don't realize there are things to learn from the book of nature. There's just wise principles of living that could be discerned, cause and effect, yeah. that are also our teacher, and that ultimately there's a harmony between the two books, Absolutely. not disharmony. Now, the book of Scripture has to be the frame for how we read the book of nature, uh, right? That's the, the final authority, and yet there's great validity in studying the book of nature to just see how life works better. Right. And if we believe that it's there's a creator behind all of this and an order, that should make us that more eager to find out how what God has written into the world right. that, that we can discern and understand on how to work better, right. how to live better lives. Yeah, and that, and that reminds me of Psalm 19, because Psalm 19 is about how God reveals himself. The first half is through nature, the second half is through Scripture, yeah. and the two are not contradictory to each other. Yeah. Well, that's good. Um, so, Dad, I'm already great at being a lifelong learner. I'm probably <laughs> the best lifelong learner I know. Uh, but what are the listeners... No, I'm just kidding. Uh, what are the... What what are the what are the ways that you've cultivated this? Because you're probably one of the most voracious learners I know. You're always learning something new, um, which is great. But 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 how do you cultivate this 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 skill of lifelong learning? Um, I think it. I mean, there's just the disciplines of of regular time in the scriptures, reading the scriptures all the time, realizing that that I never know the Bible as well as I think I know it. And so reading big parts all the time, just to keep it on my mind and things like that. And then reading books that people who know a lot more than I do and uh, just always looking, it's just, it, it becomes, a, it's an acquired taste. Yeah. And, and I think the more you feed it, the more you acquire it, the more you want it. And, and it becomes um, it's just something you can't live without. Yeah. I, I think that's, it's... Uh, it's like healthy food. Once you start eating healthy food, you'll never go back yeah. um, to to rotten food mm-hmm. um, because you get a, you get you acquire a, a taste for it. Right. And I think the same thing here. Yeah. So I, I that's my short answer. Mm-hmm. So I was thinking that I I don't know of many people that we would call lifetime learners. And so I was thinking about what is it that keeps people from becoming a lifetime learner? Hmm. And, uh, and Proverbs says one, 
one of the big ones is complacency. You know, I've just, um, you can't wait to acquire wisdom until you need it. Because hmm. uh, when you, if you wait till then, it'll be too late. Yeah. Um, and I think at Proverbs uh, 132 through 33, the, the waywardness of the naive shall kill them, and the complacency of fools will destroy them. Yeah. But he who listens to me shall live securely and be at ease from all evil. And just that idea of complacency that everything's great, my life's my life's wonderful until it's not. Yeah. And so it's really it's preparing for the future. It's like the two builders that Jesus talked about. Yeah. Yeah, and it really is two different postures of, of life. One is I just expect my life to work out because clearly I'm already making the right decisions yes. and moving in the right direction. And yes. then I'm shocked when I'm not. Yeah. Versus I don't know how to live. Right. And that's my starting point. And I need to learn skill and living. Yes. Um, both through first through the word of God, then from wise people, and then from good um, you know, good resources that that will actually that have stood the test of time. Right. Um, right. That that can lead me in the way I should go. Yeah. Yeah. Proverbs earlier in Proverbs one, um, there's this picture of personified wisdom and uh wisdom calling out and calling out and people refusing to listen and refusing to listen. And the day of trouble comes and the lady wisdom says, I'll mock you on that day yeah. because I called for years and you refused to listen. And, yeah. and you know, when you most need it, it won't be there. Exactly. The, the, the wisdom you need, yeah. um, it, you will find it elusive yeah. because you did not build the habit of cultivating it. Right. It's just like finances. Uh, if you don't develop the habit of saving, yeah, it'll come back to bite you, yeah. you know, one way or another. And it's just, that's the way it is with wisdom. It's not like it cries out, you know, loudly, pay attention to me. It's, mm-hmm. it's very a very soft voice. Right. Lady Folly is loud, yeah. Proverbs 9 says. Yeah. That one's calling out all the time. Oh, Let yeah. the simple come in here. But uh, Exactly. Yeah, the, the wisdom is the, yeah. And then a second reason is distraction. Hmm. Um, that that um, Proverbs 17, 24 uh, Wisdom is in the presence of one who is understanding, but the eyes of a fool are on the ends of the earth. Yeah. And I just think that's, that is the picture of, of so many people today, so many of us, that we are distracted by lesser things, and we put off getting wise because there's so many other things to hold our attention and distract us, bright, shiny things, which keep us from really developing. Yeah, more bright, shiny things than ever yeah. before. Yeah. And... Uh, yeah, I, I think uh, it was Alan Jacobs who said, the internet is the friend of information and the enemy of thought. Yeah. And um, I think that's very much true, that if I think what I need in life is information, then I'll just go get the answer I need right away. That's right. not wisdom. No. Because there's nothing about that that synthesizes the information you know. Right. That takes learning over a long time and then distills it down. Yeah into actionable ideas that you can use today. Yeah. And so you never you never build the muscle. And, and that's what you need is the muscle, because when those decisions come up in those times, you have you have built this over time, and you have the discernment to make the right decision. Yeah. If you're always reliant on just bite-sized information, and let's just be honest, the vast majority of the stuff that you learn on the internet is just in one ear out the other. It's just, yeah. it's just you know, it's just hijacking the dopamine system in your brain to, yeah. with things that, that seem interesting but don't really give lasting value. Right. No, I think the whole data industry is about that. Of how do we turn all this data into actual wisdom, actual usable stuff? Right. Um, 
and and so that to help you with your business or whatever. Right. So I think distraction, and then the final one we've talked about this, but is pride. Hmm. Um, Proverbs fifteen twelve says the scoffer does not love those who approve him. He will not go to the wise. And there's a lot of people that just don't want to to get wise because they have to admit they don't know or they're doing things wrong. And so I and I they can't do that. So I think that's a, a third reason that uh, Proverbs would say people aren't wise. A great self-check on that, and one I use, is related to humility and knowledges. When conversation topics come up and I'm not really familiar with them, do I fake understanding? Hmm. Just because I don't want to go through the, the pain of admitting I'm at a, a different place than the people in the conversation. Right. Or or do I go, oh, that's a, I, I don't really know what you guys are talking about. Or, or what is that? Tell me more about that. Oh, I hadn't heard about that. You know, what is that? And and being genuinely curious. Yeah. And I find it's rare to meet a person like that. Oh. M- most people just have a take on everything. Yeah. And, and they feel like their job is to give their take. So they they come across as knowledgeable versus Huh, I hadn't really thought about that. And, and now I'm guilty as charged, too, because I love talking more than just about anything. And, yeah, uh, yeah. <laughs> and, uh, and and just sort of faking an understanding rather than being like, well, no, what is the cause of that? I, I don't know. What? Yeah, yeah. And, and, and just, and just having, asking an honest question. You know, as I've gotten older, I've stopped faking understanding, and now I just fake that I actually heard what they said. But no, you're absolutely right. Appreciate your transparency. (laughs) No, you're absolutely right that uh, it does take real humility to ask questions and to be curious. Um, Went to a funeral this last week of a guy we knew back at Cal, great guy, and and his son. One of the things his son said he he chose curiosity over judgment, Hmm. and and, uh, that was why he was a pastor both to the churched and to the unchurched. It was it was really good thing, but he but that's that was Tom. He was just he was a brilliant man, but you never know he was brilliant by talking to him, because he always had questions. He always wanted he always wanted to know what you thought and stuff like that. He was just a just a prince of a man, hmm. um, one of those few guys who does ask questions and wants to know more, genuinely. And the the thing about that is that that's actually what gives you the credibility to be heard. Yeah. Once yeah. you prove you're that kind of person, because yeah. you, you you just are, you exude an aura of someone who is seeking understanding. Yes, yes, exactly. And and that's the person you want to go to when you want wisdom. Yeah. <laughs> when you have questions, yeah. right? Yeah. And um, no, that's good. So, what would you say? Just are some practical steps that you've taken to acquire wisdom? Yeah, I think for me, the great enemy is distraction mm-hmm. and um, the illusion of knowledge that comes through things like Twitter because mm. it's intoxicating. You can yeah. learn so many things in a short time, and yet they're not synthesized yeah. Yeah. and contextualized. And so, but, but it's, it's kind of addicting to get more information. Yeah. And, and yet it's not really internalized. It's yeah. just in when you're out the other. Yeah. And it just pulls you in all these directions. And so, you know, to really come to a conclusion or anything, you just have to wrestle with it for a long time. Absolutely. And and so I would say um, you need a... Brett McCracken uses this term. He, he, he wrote a book called The Wisdom Pyramid. And I think it's a great point, and I've stolen it. 
uh, you think about the food pyramid, right, that the U.S. Department of Agriculture put out back in 1974, and you've right. got kind of your basic meals. And the hilarious thing about the food pyramid, the first one, is the Department of Agriculture put it out. So yeah. guess, guess what's on the bottom? You know, grains. You know, eat as much grain as you can. And, you know, I, I doubt that that's the, uh, the common wisdom on diet now, and we've changed that. But sort of the conventional wisdom on the, the wisdom pyramid is the Internet is just the greatest thing ever. So go there all the time to get all the information you possibly <laughs> can. Yeah. yeah. And yet I think we'd all agree it doesn't help us necessarily think more clearly or, or sharply about right. different issues. It right. just floods you with data right. and information. And so McCracken proposes a, a pyramid for wisdom in terms of how we think about what the basic diet mm. is. And, and I think this is a good guideline. And, and he says that the basis, the, the daily bread is the Bible. That's, that's what we're going to constantly for wisdom. So just yeah. a habit of reading Scripture all of scripture over time is is the foundation. Right. Um, the next level up would be godly believers. Um, he who walks with the wise will become wise. So mm. increase in learning from people who have thought deeply and have synthesized this into yeah. a flourishing life. Yeah. Teach me, yeah. you know, help me to be like you when 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 I grow up. Yeah. That's the question I always. Yeah. Uh, that's that's the appeal I make to people. Right. Uh, then he says spending time in nature because uh, it reflects God's beauty. God's order, and of course, the book of nature is a teacher. So, just spending time outside mm. is, is is a great way to become wise, yeah. according to the Bible. Yeah, um, I don't think it's one that we necessarily would go to, but um, I've certainly found that to be yeah. true. That yeah. my own thinking gets clearer yeah. as I spend time in in nature. Um, and then n- number four would be um, reading or listening to books that have stood the test of time. Just great um, literature, great ideas, you know, things um, truly written by experts. People have spent their life thinking about these things. Yeah, yeah. And, and whether you agree or disagree with them, the fruit of grappling with that is so much more intellectually productive than just sound bites, because yeah. you have to give them the courtesy of presenting their best arguments to right, you right. and thinking through them. And uh, the, the fruit of that intellectual labor is so much greater. Yeah. Uh, level five above that would be beauty and the arts. And so taking in things that are truly excellent as cultural products, mm-hmm. uh, just to form our own views of the good, the true, and the beautiful. And at the very top of the pyramid, he would say internet and social media. And he says, it's great. It's just junk food. Yeah. Just a lot of it. Just treat yeah. it like junk food. So, yeah. so then the question I have to ask is, um, do I treat the internet like an occasional snack? You know, I'll spend 15 minutes on this. Or is it the time suck that I spend three to four hours a day? Yeah, yeah. Because um, I would just argue that that is, uh, unless you're really cultivating skills through your learning on the internet, it's, there's a, there's a trade-off cost all the time there in terms of it's, it's diverting my attention from this or this or this. It's really hard to think deeply about anything. Yeah, yeah. And no, so it's... thinking shallow quickly about lots of things is not going to have the the intellectual payoff. Yeah, yeah. So and I and I think I I really like your emphasis on thinking deeply about at each level there of really thinking about what you're learning rather than just packing it away, um, which I think is really easy to do. Whether it's reading the Bible or reading somebody else or something to, that you're just you're reading for for information's sake and not taking the time for something anyway, to really think more deeply. Now, why is this true? How does this work out in life? How have I seen this work out? Is this the way I normally think? Um, yeah. Or do I think somehow differently from this? And where am I wrong? And 
Um, and, and that's what's um, where I think the rare, the rare person comes. But you have to learn to think about, really think about things, not just take in information as if that in itself is going to give you wisdom, but digest that information. Yeah. What have you found helpful in becoming a lifelong learner? Oh, I th- I think those things. Um, I th- I think uh, I I would focus mainly on the scripture um, because I just feel like you can never know enough of the Bible, and uh, to, so I t- I consume the scripture in various forms. Um, yeah, you know, read it, memorize it, study it, think about it, meditate on it, and stuff like that. So when I do that. Um, I feel like I'm making progress. There's there's other times where I'm I'm do, going through the motions. I'm doing it, but I don't seem to be getting a whole lot new from that. But I've I've really found that that is the test of faith for me. Am I, will I keep at it? Yeah. And uh, then the, the benefit comes out sooner or later of what I've been studying, but or what I've been looking at. Yeah. But it's not. It's just not. It's just for for our listeners, just to let you know, this is a. This is a battle. It's a struggle. It's a, it's a, it's a real exercise of faith. And uh, if you expect to just every day open up your Bible, and uh, get a gym for that day, um, well, it doesn't happen to me. <laughs> no, it's a, uh, it's it's the aggr- it's the compounding effect of yeah. how it shapes your understanding much yeah. more than the you know getting the gem every day that you yeah. take away. That's absolutely true. I, I think. You know, seeing it as a, a use it or lose it thing is important as well. You know, and asking yourself what what skill would I like to develop next as I get older? What would I like to learn about and really develop more mastery? Yeah. In, uh, in some ways, I just don't feel like I'm in the season of life to think about that too yeah. deeply. I just yeah. I've got little kids, and so I just I'm going to excuse myself from being a lifelong learner. For no, I'm just kidding. Uh, but I I just I I I it's harder for me to think about it now. But it is it is good to have some kind of intellectual or practical project you're working on. You yeah. know, learning a language, learning a new skill, learning something that just stimulates your brain. Because the reality is the more you learn, the better your brain is able to learn. Yeah. I was reading an article on that. It was interesting. It looked at a study of adults from 58 to 86. That was the age. And, and they took three to five new classes over a three-month period, and they increased their mental abilities to the level of people 30 years younger in just a month and a half. Wow. Just by forcing themselves to learn new things. And it brings up an interesting point. It's like, we think, well, children are the most neuroplastic. They're learning. That's true. Children are also forced to learn yeah. through the education system. So they're constantly having to learn new things. And we, at some point, we just stop going to class yeah. in life. Yeah. And we just stop putting ourselves through the rigor of learning new things. And so we stop using that intellectual muscle. And we just settle for really low-grade kind of content yeah yeah um, that doesn't force us to think deeply and and then we lose uh, those powers of reasoning and and the ability to learn more yeah and I I just think that's that's one of the things that keeps my nose to the grindstone is just knowing that if I don't use it I will lose it right that it's uh, whether it be physically or mentally or spiritually right that, that nothing's guaranteed mm-hmm. that that I have to keep working at this to keep growing in it. Because if I if I depart from it, if I settle for life on the couch, um, and and watching TV or the internet, my mind will go to mush. Yeah, and I've seen it happen. Yeah, and, uh, it's good. Yeah, yeah. 
No, I think of Philippians 3 and Paul talking about pressing on toward the goal for the upper call of God in Christ Jesus, and just that idea that, man, if anyone could have said, I've arrived, it's Paul uh, at that point in his life. And and yet he he had this sense I haven't attained it I'm still yeah. still working I'm still striving toward this thing and just that that mindset of I can I can always grow more in Christ yeah um, in every area of life it changes the way you look at just challenges in your life yeah because um, I think a lot of people get into this uh, mindset of things will not improve and so I've kind of settled in you know that oh my my marriage will never get better rather than saying no this is a the problem that 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 I need to think through more deeply. And that that's actually how I'm going to grow. And that's actually what makes life interesting in a way, is how God uses these things to grow me. And, and, and this is the bleeding edge of where I need to grow. How do I, how do I become uh, more competent, more wise in my dealing with my wife, with my kids, yeah. with my money? With, with, you know, and, and just always thinking there are areas where I can become wiser, I can right. improve. And, and that's what keeps you engaged yeah. in life in yeah. a lot of ways. Yeah. And if you settle for this kind of fixed reality where nothing can ever get better, um, boy, you're just throwing away so much of the joy yeah. of, of living, which is moving into areas of discomfort, of unknowing, yeah. of incompetence, yeah. uh, where you really have to depend on the Lord and just have him teach you new things. No, that's really good. And I think seeing it, not just in terms of your good, but the good of those around you, that how do I contribute to the good of people around me? Um, and, and looking at what are the problems that haven't been solved? What are the problems in my family that haven't been solved? What are the problems in our neighborhood that haven't been solved uh, in our society? Um, there were a time that a lot of the problems we have now that, that we don't have now were right. problems, but somebody thought about those things and figured out and, and through trial and error figured out how do we get clean water to people or how do we, you know, how do we have streets that, that uh, aren't constantly in disrepair? Well, I guess we haven't solved that one. But, uh, <laughs> but you know what I mean? It's, it's seeing a greater purpose for your life, that, that you are a child of God, and you should exhibit the same um, desire and commitment to do good in the world, do good to everyone, that the God whose nature is altogether good is constantly doing, that we might be show ourselves to be his sons and daughters. Yeah. But that... You know, you're, probably nobody's going to show up at your door and give you a list of here's things you need to do to make your neighborhood better or make the world better or make your family better. You've got to figure them out, and you just got to say, well, okay, what's the problem in my family right now that I am losing sleep over, right. and how do we solve that? And it's so much easier to settle for grumbling, complaining, um, and just thinking it's someone else's thing to fix. Yeah, yeah. Exactly. Um, exactly. Rather than saying, what is within the sphere of my responsibility? How can I learn more? How can I? And there are things beyond your control. Yeah. Absolutely. And that's why we pray. That's why we trust in God. That's why other things. But but to what is in my control, you know, what if things could improve in these areas, but I just need to think differently about yeah, them. Exactly. I need to, I need to, to, to approach these things in a new way. Um, that, that just makes life far more exciting. Yeah. When, when these are complex problems to solve. And we know they're complex because they haven't been solved yet exactly. in these areas, you know, how, how to improve these things. Um, you know, I think that's one thing that really keeps me engaged in ministry. It's yeah. like, man, how do you connect people to deep community? How do you deploy them on mission? How do you get them biblically literate? How do you? It's not like there are pat answers on how to do these things in the 21st century. It's immensely complex. Yeah. And it's it's through a series of enlightened trial and error, but that's what makes this interesting, is it's hard. Yeah. 
And, and so you're always having to learn more, think more, um, to stay engaged. Exactly. Well, Proverbs says it's the glory of God to conceal a matter and the glory of man to search out a matter. Yep. God's job is to conceal. <laughs> Our job is to search it out. Right. And, and in partnership with God, figure right. out what do we do about things we don't know how to do, handle. Right. We don't know what to do about. Yeah. Yeah, if it was easy, it's just, well, if everybody did this, it would get fixed. You know, it's like, well, if it was that easy, it would have gotten fixed exactly. if, it was, if it was that obvious. Exactly. Uh, and, 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 and so often, I mean, yeah, you know, reality is just infinitely complex in different ways. And yeah. So yeah. anyway, um, yeah, cool. Well, you have any other thoughts? I think that's it. Good. I'm going to go learn some things, Dad, because I'm preaching this week, <laughs> so I have to, to appear that I've actually, uh, you know, done my homework, which right. is... Uh, you know, a great excuse to learn. The discipline of preaching is a wonderful is a wonderful discipline. It is kind of like, you know. Anyway, yeah, it is. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, thanks, Dad. I feel like I've learned some things. Hopefully, listeners, you have too. And uh, yeah, hopefully, it's built a hunger in you to go uh, read uh, the book of Scripture and the book of nature, and and to uh, and to realize that there's a whole lot you don't know. Um, and uh, go seek uh, wisdom. So thanks, Dad. Thanks, Jeff. All right. Talk to you again soon.